Gravity. I'm Aaron, and I'm not wearing a hat today. What? That's that's the, it's the first. First on the show. It is a it is a first on the show. Aaron is in fact wearing a hat. I always, I mean, I often wear hats, but not as often as Jason. And I just wanted to apologize to all my fans out there who love the fact that I wear hats, and that's the only reason they listen is to know what hat I'm wearing. Yeah, and in fact, we uh, it's encrypted in the audio. By the way, what hat he's wearing always. Yeah, on if you episodes. if you know anything about stenography, look it up. Uh, it's embedded in the audio. You'll find it. It'll be great. If you don't know anything about stenography. I, I usually that force you to say your name faster, but that was actually it's kind of Jason. interesting. All right, Jason and Aaron, we are uh, happy to welcome Josh Hoover on the show today. We got uh, Josh uh, Josh's information from the folks at the SJ Port Challenge. He works with them to help organize the SJ Port Challenge. Uh, our listeners might be familiar with the SJ Port Challenge. It's come up a few times on the show. Our friends at Exit- what has the SJ Port Challenge? Yes. How many times did I say that? <laughs> The uh, our, our friends at Exit Twelve Brewery are our participants, and they talked it up a bit. So we're excited to to learn more about the challenge uh, in 2019 from Josh. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, hey. nice uh, we start this show, however, like we start every show, not talking about uh, homebrew challenges, but talking about a beer. What are what are we drinking today, Josh? We uh, for people who know me, uh, we're drinking another Stone beer. Big surprise. I'm from San Diego. Uh, I've kind of been a Stone fanboy for a lot of years and fell off, but we're uh, uh, back again with Tangerine Express. Nice. Uh, it's kind of a favorite of mine lately. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a good beer to be a favorite. I think we've uh, interviewed a couple uh, brewers here in the city, and this uh, this kind of orangey or citrusy IPA, like a well, blood orange, is kind of the thing here. But it's the same kind of flavor profile. Um, for a couple of the brewers here in the city, it's just it's their it's their biggest seller. It's a killer summer beer, man. We have a few breweries around here. Same thing, blood orange IPA. This one's kind of cool because it's supposed to be tangerine and pineapple. Uh, so a little extra twist to it. Speaking of pineapple beer, you got one of those coming up? Uh, yeah, I do. And it was inspired from actually an East Coast beer. It's from the Gelato Series from South County. It's a mm. coconut and pineapple. I, I usually do coconut IPA, but I'm throwing the pineapple in with a little extra twist this time. All right, fantastic. Did uh, did did Tangerine, uh, did Tangerine Express have anything to do with that? No, I've done my share of like grapefruit IPAs and all that. When that yeah. was popular, Ballast Point kind of kicked that off out here in San Diego. Um, I usually like fruity beers with citrus um so and i dig this one and it's cheap it comes in a six pack i was just talking about that you know before we started a yeah. uh, six pack of cans is usually about 10 bucks yeah that's what we that's what i paid for it it was uh it's it, it's good and i think that um these kind of tangerine or orange kind of flavored ipas are a really good entry point for people who can't deal with the hops because the citrus really balances the hops nicely yeah Absolutely, and that's what I do with my coconut IPA. It's got that like kind of sweet coconut milk flavor yeah. that kind of dulls the the IPA ness of it, you know, and, right. and really gets a lot of non beer drinkers into it. Well, I, I think this is kind of a like if you think about the kind of the haze the haze situation that's going on in the beer world world today. This is like uh, like this is the start of it, right? I mean, this yeah. is definitely not a clear beer, but it's also not yeah. it's also not not bitter. Uh, double negatives ever around. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in in Russian, a double negative is still a negative. Um, I did not know that. <laughs> You're welcome. Fun fun facts from from Jason here today. I also I, I feel like in terms of like so, uh, Aaron, you bought this beer. How much was it? Uh, ten dollars. Ten dollars for, for a six pack. Six pack. You know how like I'm always talking about how hams is like it costs exactly what it should for what it is, where you can buy like thirty of them for eleven dollars. Yeah. I feel like I would pay a little more than. I, I feel like this is a beer that's worth more than uh, doing some math. Uh, uh, more than what it costs per beer. Tiny, <laughs> tiny Tim travelers. What do you say? Yeah, uh, tiny t- uh, long time Tiny Tim time traveling listeners will have listened to the Sparge that will air last week, and we're going to talk about <laughs> that will we're going to that will air last week <laughs> when they're. <laughs> Um, I don't know why that's funny. You know what the Tiny Tim Traveler thing is. Yes, the longtime Tiny Tim time traveling listeners will know that something happened. What happened last week? We're gonna we're gonna talk about how these uh, these like larger craft breweries are, are able to make cheap beers that are really good. Yes. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's go back to Josh. Uh, so Josh, you're involved in the SJ Poor Challenge, but let's uh, let's 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 uh, not put the cart before the horse. Before you did that, you were a home brewer, and you uh, were in. in, in I the thought you were going to say he was a horse, and then I was going to be very confused. Boy, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's not what I was going to say, Jason. Okay. It's, uh, really, it's, uh, on it. <laughs> yeah, the. Uh, 
You think the you think the train was like on the tracks, but it's it's really uh, there's, 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 the rails. It's been D. Yeah, so we're getting, we're the getting, rails have been D. That's uh, that's good. Okay, so but before that, you were a, you you were a brew tuber. Uh, you you do beer on YouTube and things like that. Can you talk about how you got started into that? Uh, yeah, getting into YouTube, you know, brewing, you know, brew tubing as we call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that started with uh, my uncle uh, Kevin and his son, my cousin Christian, uh, 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 and they they were doing these goofy videos. Uh, and basically, for lack of a better word, looking like idiots with on their stovetop, you know, doing extract beers. Okay. Yeah. And you know, I, I watched them, as did hundreds, maybe thousands of people. They have a few thousand subscribers now. Um, and uh, I watched them and got into. It. I was like, you know, I can do that. I want to do that. Heck, right. you know. So I started getting into that probably six, maybe almost seven years ago now. Uh, and it's, I mean, here we are now. I mean, I went from a little five-gallon kettle on my electric burner stove top mm-hmm. to now I got three vessel system in my garage propane and all that so very nice yeah it's fun it's a good it's a good time we uh we we keep talking about moving to the three vessel system and then I just don't do it <laughs> I think this season are we we're, doing it this season we might I think we're gonna do it this season yeah I uh I'm a we're, we're a brewing a bag uh shop uh, gotcha. so yeah it's a it's a good deal um so can you talk about so you started brewing to brew tube so like like the youtube thing brought you into brewing or did you brew before that yeah i did not know and the funny thing is, is i learned everything that i know about brewing from watching other brew tubers brew beer i didn't you know i didn't read books about how to brew i didn't get taught by someone who's been brewing for years other than watching people on youtube right. um, I, I mean that's how we learn these days anyways i, well, mean, I, mean, I just learned how to true. change sparks last week you know, I'm a 32 year old man, never done it before, but I learned it on a YouTube. Video. I'm telling you what, I I've saved a lot. I've saved a lot of money fixing my fixing. You know, when when your furnace breaks and uh, it's just a three dollar fuse, and I'm just like, oh, YouTube is the best. So I just even if it's just a three dollar fuse, I just assume if it's the furnace and it involves gas, if I fix it, not only will I die, I will blow up every house on my block. Well, so more power to I, you. Yeah, three. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> Or sometimes you just got to take steel wool to the little thingy in there, and I don't even know what the thing is called because I haven't watched a YouTube. That's not reassuring. To, is this all just some weird sexual metaphor? That no, uh, probably. It is. I mean, it yeah. wasn't. Uh, Aaron's not it, wearing pants it, right now. It was not. That's incorrect. You can um, you can't see below his waist. You only see above the waist. But the YouTube thing that that's really fascinating. So can you talk about? Um, kind of what that journey looks like. So, cause when I started brewing, I took a deep dive and I, I read a few books. I listened to a whole lot of uh, Brad Smith's, uh, home brewing podcast, uh, read lots of articles on the internet, but you're kind of taking like a visual medium. So can you talk right. about like, what are some of the first lessons you learned that kind of helped you? Like what was the, like the first couple things that were like, Oh man, my beer is going to be good now because I saw this. Oh boy. Uh, the, the biggest game changer mm-hmm. was, uh, fermentation temperature control. Absolutely, yeah. It took me a few years to finally be able to do that. I was a small-time apartment brewer. I didn't have room for a fermentation fridge for right. years. So um, I, I got this product. I think it's called the brew bag, and it's a big. It's basically a big soft pouch, mm. and that you swap out, you know, blocks of uh, two-liter ice bottles in and out, in and out, in, in and, and out, out, and that right. helps regulate your temperature if you don't have uh, a fridge. That's commitment <laughs> right there. And that made a massive difference right away. Right. Um, fermentation temperature control, big time. Yeah, that's fantastic. So now, I mean, uh, the viewers at home can't see that you have a real nice kegerator set up. So now it looks like you have, uh, you probably have a beer fridge uh, to control your temperature and a beer fridge to control your serving temperature. Yeah, I've got I got a couple different fridges now. Yeah, you're right. They're two, they're two little mini fridges, little 5.4, whatever cubic foot ones. This one's a double tap kegerator, the one downstairs in the garage is modified uh with a two by four wooden collar it's all glued and sealed and um it's got an ink bird you know probe going through the side Mm -hmm. of it and so big time in in california here it's not going to get too cold so i don't have the heat part that sounds amazing right yeah but it gets too hot so you need a fridge (laughs) so can you talk about um building your keyser like do you have any like for, for listeners who are thinking about building a keyser and wrapping their freezer with a collar are there any were there any gotchas in that process where you know because essentially you're just like putting wood around a freezer and throwing some taps through it and it feels like it should be easy but were there any any gotchas in there gotchas how uh like hey this was thought it was going to be easy and it didn't go so hot or no it just was really easy and went well there, there absolutely is however I, and i well i'm going to plug myself a little bit i have I have how-to videos. I did videos on my builds. Oh, sweet. 
down. Yeah, so. check out the shots for the How to Build a Keezer uh, from Josh Hoover. In fact, we'll get all your uh, your 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 BrewTube channel, everything. You can yeah. check the shots. You can figure out how to follow Josh and uh, become one of the people who uh, gets into brewing because Josh brew tubes. <laughs> it was wild, man. I just decided to strap my GoPro uh, camera to my head or my chest. I have the strap for both, and uh, just I just put it on record while I built these things. And I said, I'm going to make a how-to video so that other people don't fail miserably like I did. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. I mean, uh, uh, apparently you didn't necessarily fail miserably, though. You got it done. No, but that's the power of editing, too. You don't <laughs> see that. <laughs> yeah. You're like, uh, uh, listeners to the show will know that through, uh, 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 when we fail miserably on this show, we don't edit it out because we're just, we're lazy. So. We are. We are lazy. It's... Fine, but the, it is interesting. So I could potentially, and I'll give you the caveat that my job is to show up here and seem really uneducated about things, right? That's that's me. He's not uneducated okay. though. It's a trick. It's that's all a lie. Everything's a lie. Uh, uh, but you can watch your entire brewing journey from like knowing very little, just starting out, all the way up to where you are now on YouTube. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm not the only one. There's hundreds, thousands of other guys out there just like me who have done that, too. Well, I, I think what's really interesting about about that is from uh, this is something, honestly, I've been doing a podcast about brewing for uh, we're coming up on a year. By the way, June 13th will be the year anniversary of the Plato's Gravity launch. So we might have a beer that day. Uh, that's exciting. Uh, we're coming up on a year. Uh, and I didn't know about brew tubing uh, because basically I'm a I'm bad at research in the <laughs> in the in the field that I'm working in or or you know hobbying in. It's on um, his resume. Until we met with the with the the exit twelve guys. Uh, but what what seems really surprising to me is how strong of a community that is. Like, um, it's not a thing where the guys who have been doing it are trying to like push other guys out and you know you know right. You know, in some places you might think, oh, look, this new guy, he's brewing, and then they just like crush him and tell him all of the shitty, stupid things he did. But really, it's like a, it's not like that at all. There, there are those little, uh, actually, some are not so little. You'll find some Facebook uh, internet beer groups that are exactly that way. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> the so, brew tubing community, the YouTubers, the guys who go in and film and edit and post things uh, weekly, monthly, you know, bi biannually, whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, it ebbs and flows. Guys come in, guys go out. I mean, it's, you know, you do it when you have time for it. Sure. Uh, but your community who actually puts the time to put that stuff up on YouTube is very strong. We've done, uh, my wife and I and my, my uncle and everyone, we've done trips where we travel across the country to meet with these people. We met in Philadelphia. We met once in Portland. I went back out to Pennsylvania just to go hang with some friends I didn't get enough time with. Wow. And I, you know, met them three times ever in my life, but I've known them for the last six or seven years through YouTube. Well, I think what's really awesome <laughs> is when you're when you're doing things like that, like, then your hobby isn't just providing beer as value. It's providing, you know, I mean, you know, your friendships. Those things are things that are just are unspeakably valuable, just getting to know different people. And, and uh, yeah, people change you. Yeah, I mean, I've met a guy. Uh, his name's Tony Yates. He's from uh, Norway. He came out to Portland for uh, Homebrew Con. Um, uh, a, a gentleman who's not with us anymore, his name's Paul Wigstead. He was actually one of the main driving forces uh, with the SJ Port Challenge going international. He was from New Zealand. He came all the way out here to Pennsylvania to hang out with SJ Poor himself. They right. went to Philly, hung out, you know, did their thing. He saw a lot of brew tubers uh, when he came out because everyone just Paul Wixie. If you don't know him, you can look him up. His channel is just super, super famous in the brew tubing community. Okay. Um, he had a huge following, so people from states all around knew he was in the U.S. and they just flocked to Pennsylvania to be with him, just to hang out and brew. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So who's the – have you had like a celebrity moment where you got to brew with someone who, who kind of inspired you? Uh, yeah, it wasn't so much a celebrity moment, but it was actually with um, uh, with SJ Poor recently. It was last year I went out to Pennsylvania uh, to go hang out with a buddy of mine, uh, uh, Larry Lentz in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, brewed with SJ Poor in his backyard. We were pretty well in the bag, but we threw it together. All right. And, uh, and I know, uh, you know brewing with him just felt it was easy. I go – I'll get the grains, you go set up the water, and we just acted independently, but we both kind of knew what we were doing together. That's know? really and awesome. Hold on here, half in the bag. Half half in the bag. <laughs> well, I mean, before. I've watched him, though. <laughs> I mean, if you're half in the bag and he's half in the bag, then you guys have at least one full bag. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's math. Good I job. mean, it's really bad math. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not, not necessarily how that works. Uh, 
Yeah, so let's talk more about the, the SJ Port Challenge. So um, if I was an, a new home brewer and I was afraid of having BJCP judges or anybody drink my beer, can you talk about why I should join the – just sell us on the SJ Port Challenge. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we you're, – you're being judged by your peers, uh, and, and the, your peers who are judging you are also participants. So um, there's a little bit of an incentive – uh, there an accountability incentive for, mm. for someone not to, I mean, you gotta be honest with the beer that you're judging, but you, you know, there's an accountability there. Like you can't just be the guy who just dogs everyone. So you can try to win. Right. Uh, we're going to spot that pretty quickly. Mm. Um, it's a good way for brewers to get honest, blind feedback. Everyone right. has an anonymous entry, uh, number. So I don't, you don't know that you're judging Josh Hoover's beer. You don't right. know that. Um, I don't know that I'm judging your beer or your beer. Um, in every round, we have anonymous. Oh, numbers. you'll know. It'll taste like apples and death. He, Jason, and thinks, Satan. You don't we'll make. <laughs> you, 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 you don't make that the green apple beer, Jason. You'd, you'd be don't tempt. Uh, challenge accepted. I mean, it's easy to do. You just fuck it up on purpose. <laughs> so the the thing with the challenge is, while it is competitive in nature, it is a good learning experience, and it, it's it. You know, it's a good way to learn and get honest feedback from brewers. Some BJCP judges aren't brewers, haven't brewed a day in their life. Yeah. Wow. And, and they're just certified beer judges. And that's just crap. I mean, you know, you just it just doesn't work. So if you are a brewer and you want to be judged by your fellow peer brewers, this is the place to be. Um, and, and I've improved over the years in the SJ Poor Challenge to mm. where I've gone to, you know, the U.S. finals to the world finals. And I've done pretty well for myself. But through a lot of hard work and all that, you know, day by day brewing. But it gave me a ton of valuable feedback from other brewers. So do you do you also is this kind of like your style of of challenge where you feel like you don't want to be judged but necessarily by BJCB judges, you'd rather be judged by your peers or do you enter some some other competitions? I've entered a few other competitions uh, locally here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year I said I'm going to enter every challenge I can possibly enter and that just I just burned me out. Um, I take probably that a little bit more personally uh, with the BJCP, you know, judge type of thing. Actually, really personally, right. <laughs> it pissed me off. Um, but then, you know, the thing with us being brew tubers and the SJ4 Challenge is a lot of guys, if you really want to sack up, you get on video when you're judging someone else's beer, which is what I do. Right. I get on video and record my reviews of these blind reviews of these guys whose beers, I don't know who they are, but right. I'm giving them honest feedback on camera. What, and we saw, so so uh, that that seems like, from your website, that seems like an encouraged practice for you to yeah. videotape your reviews and, and, and post them. Once what, the results are out, you can post your videos. Yeah, well, and, and you're, we're, we're encouraging people to do that after the fact because I could go on there and watch you doing, you know, it's 57Y, WX, 90, whatever, and go, huh, well, I have that beer too. Let's see what he thought of the beer. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. It's a little cheat sheet for you. So it, generally, I try to not watch those until after I'm done drinking them, but then I'll post them as soon as I'm done drinking them. Right. Um, so it's up to you if you want to watch my video to try to get cheat sheets, but it's just going to influence you know, your yeah. judging. Yeah, it kind of it takes it out of the spirit of, hey, just tell me what you think, and everybody's palate is valuable, and, and, and you know, no matter where you're at on your journey yeah. uh, with, with Beer Palette. That's, that's pretty fantastic. Um, so can you talk about like what percentage of, of people will or, or do you guys have a sense of how many of your people are are uh, posting their reviews? Uh, man, you know, a couple of years ago, it seemed like we might have had like 75 to 80 percent of people were posting their video reviews. Wow. And that was really cool, by the way. It It's really cool to search your unique ID number yeah. and find talking about your beers. It's, you know, it's just really cool. Like you guys are podcasting. It's really cool to see that yeah. people are sharing your podcast, viewing it, you know, listening to it, sharing with other people. Yeah. Uh, same, same feeling. Hey, people are drinking my beer and here's what they're saying nice things about. Uh, so last year, uh, it kind of dipped a little. It just depends because we get participation from people who don't exactly brew tube. There are other right. brew tubers who don't produce video. Right. They just walk. Um, but they can consider themselves brew tubers. So it's hard to say what every year is different with how many videos get out there. I just saw a video, by the way, from one of my beers from two years ago, but I didn't know the video was out there, and I was just searching old videos, found that, and I go, oh, man, this guy reviewed my video like a year and a half ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, comment on there, and I said, thanks very much for the kind words, but uh, it just varies from year to year. Yeah, that's. I think that's a really and, – and that's the kind of feedback, like, you're never getting that from a score sheet, and I know you guys will send the score sheets out afterwards in, in, even so, but, like, watching someone drink your beer critically, that's that's great. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah, because you get to you get to uh, not only read between the lines on their score sheet, but also in their expressions and mannerisms, uh, and then their tone of voice. 
it's it's really hard to hide behind well being on camera yeah <laughs> so <laughs> i know a lot of the logistics are are driven by the number of participants and where those participants come from but but uh in like a ballpark how many beers do i need to set aside if i'm going to be in the sj port challenge so we have learned from years of doing this now that we don't want any one hub. I think uh, you guys talked with Nick about you're being split into different hubs. Sure, yeah. absolutely, yeah. As he did. We don't want any one hub to have more than 12 participants. So okay. uh, uh, you're going to send me 12 bottles plus two for breakage. Sure. Sorry, 11 bottles, not count, you know, not counting you. So you send 11 bottles plus two for possible breakage. All right. Or stairs or whatever, anything that happens in transit. So – um, for, for the, the homies to pour it out for, for the, the first homies. round. Yeah. For the first round. So you'll have 11 bottles for the first round plus two for spares, you know, for breakage. And then the next round typically has been, uh, you have the top three from each of, so it's three, six, nine. Uh, so you probably want to set aside, you're going to want to set aside like a whole batch, like 45 to 50 bottles. Right. Just competition, just in case you advance to the finals. Right. Uh, well, unless, that, unless, and, and, and I guess if you, if you're brewing like a, uh, if you decide to pick a beer, um, like a Kolsch or, or like a really, really hoppy IPA where you want it to be fresh, you might you'd be brewing two batches or whatever. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no, I, in, in the year that I did, a, I did a, we did a session beer year, anything under 4.5%. Hmm. Um, I did a, a Red X IPA. I brewed that thing. For, I did two practice runs, and then I did my final run for the first round. I brewed it fresh again for the second round, and then one more time for the World State. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, so, I brewed it a lot, so it was fresh. Yeah. Well, and – so that's what I well, you mentioned that you had a session year uh, yeah. and this year this year look the the theme is wide open right it's whatever the hell you want to submit no holds barred we're going kind of with the wrestling theme the cage match yeah just, you know no limits the sky's not even the limit man you just brew whatever you want and that's gonna result it probably when we've done this once before in a lot of big beers find that <laughs> well and that, that's kind of a thing and, and, and because you work for a competition and you organize a competition we can kind of you, you might have more insight than than some other folks on one of the the complaints that some folks will have about competitions is if you you go to style you kind of have to hit the extreme of the style or or if it's no holds bar it's going to need to be a big beer to win cuz those beers just stand out more they, even they, even if they're not good you can't taste anything else at that point so do you have any any <laughs> well I, well one of the benefits I, I, of the SJ Poor challenge is if the judge wants to he can drink he can judge them on different days right that's a really good sessions. point yeah yeah you uh, have a couple of weeks uh, i forget the exact parameters but yes you have a few weeks to sit and drink all 10, 12 of your beers, whatever, whatever. Um, especially if you're dealing with 10, 12%, uh, you know, ABV beers. Right. Um, the nice thing about that differentiates, you were talking about judging, you know, in terms of sticking in style parameters right. is, is uh, BJCP is very stringent, very strict, right. you know, on, Hey, this doesn't fall into this style, you know, marked off on the score sheet. Yeah. You can, you know, with, with the SJ Poor Challenge, it's like, hey, no, this is an Imperial Stout. Just kind of like this is what it's intended to be. We're not huge, huge sticklers. Sure, I mean, you want to be in some sort of parameters of the right. style. But if the Imperial Stout says, hey, you can only go up to, sorry, bad example, regular stout. <laughs> uh, regular stout, uh, ABV, what is that? Like uh, five to six, four to six percent? Uh, like, thereabouts, yeah. I could look and it I, up. I make an eight percent, <laughs> call it a regular stout. I'm not going to mark you down because it's technically a double or an imperial. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So we're not huge sticklers per se on that. <laughs> I think it, it it just it helps to put it in a genre uh, to so that right. people can identify. Oh, it's going to be dark. It's going to be um, uh, roasty. Uh, other than that, it's like well, you know, it's unique to itself. Deal with. How do you it. think about the? By the way, how do you think we got the black IPA really? It's it's a mix between a, uh, an IPA and a, and a and a stout or an imperial right. stout, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, you know. So I mean, that's that's kind of my thinking on that. When th those styles, when I think what's interesting is uh, if you listen to the folks who who run the BJCP, you know, uh, Gordon Strong and a couple of those other folks who are kind of making the decisions, they really don't like to add styles. Um, <laughs> sure. Uh, it, it took them. It took them. You know, maybe a year longer than most people thought to add the the, the East Coast IPA. Or is that officially? Wait. Like no. Yeah. That's in the, in the BJC. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, oh. So, uh, because they want they 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 kind of one of their qualifications for a style to be a style is it has to it can't be a fad like it has to be something that's going to stick around it has to be it has to have some history and it, and to. to to defend, I mean, if you're going to be a stickler like they are on styles, you don't want to make a new style every time the page turns because if something comes and goes, then you just have a cluttered style sheet. So they want – and if it's a fad, 
and it's just like a year, there's not a lot of historical information to base the style on. So they want something that, that kind of has like, a, it's like the Catholic Church, like the longer something happens, <laughs> <laughs> the longer, they, they, want, they want the rules to happen over a long time, so. Right, right. <laughs> uh, they don't like to change don't quickly. Like change. <laughs> they don't like sudden change, even when the entire culture has gone in a direction. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that's that's kind of an interesting kind of dynamic. So if I was, so, so let's say I was uh, thinking of entering the SJ Poor Challenge and I wanted the feedback and I was super excited, but I was like, oh, you know, I'm really nervous about judging other people's beer. Right. Um, what kind of resources do you guys have to kind of help people with that aspect? Uh, are you talking about just judging them, period, or doing it on video? Uh, either one, either one. Both. Yeah. Okay, no, one, no one's really, you're, it's not a requirement to do anything on video. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. For only for those that are comfortable, that's it. Um, as far as uh, judging a beer, if you've never done a beer review in your life and you just drank your own and you go, oh, that's good, uh, and you need some assistance on how to really like, critique beers, mm. we do have um, sample scoring forms. Sure. We do have uh, sample style parameter uh, you know, guidelines that we have a PDF or download, some sort of attachment on our website. Sure. Uh, that you can download and you, know, you can also refer to the BJCP guidelines. We tell you to use it as a guide, not the gospel. Right, right, uh, right. And, and so, yeah, we have links on our website on basically how to score it. You know, if, if you're scoring a beer between 37 and 40, that is a world-class beer. You might want to reconsider that, you right. know. <laughs> uh, a, a perfect 10 is should be difficult. Right. And we break our scoring down into one, and, and I don't have the scoring in front mm -hmm. of me, but it's something simple like, you know, for the appearance, it's one to three points. Uh, for, you know, flavor, it's uh, up to 12 points. Uh, aroma is like one to three, one to four points. So you can break the beer down uh, into little, you know, little increments and big, big increments to where it really matters. Right. So that's helpful for people who don't know how to break down and give scores out of 40 uh, on judging. Right. That's uh yeah. And I think that's that, that can, those kind of things can, can really help people kind of get into, in, into judging and into the thing. It sounds like a, a really kind of fantastic opportunity to improve beer and meet people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and watch people drink your beer and give you, awesome feedback sometimes yeah especially I, I i'm fascinated by the 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 video reviews for beer i think that that alone is going to cause jason and i to enter a, enter a beer do you have a lot of guys enter beers as a group or or would or do you have more people just enter one and then have their buddy enter another one uh like a collaboration beer yeah it's that's kind of how J jason or I what if aaron and i make the same beer but we make it separately and then we just see who goes farther because oh, aaron oh i see um so oh. we've had in the past, I'm going to go back to Kevin and Christian. Like Christian is his, you know, Kevin's son didn't have enough time to brew his own. So father and son did a collaboration single yeah. beer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, as far, that's a unique question. <laughs> you guys, you guys want to brew it separately, but then you should enter it separately. Well, I mean, I think that that's actually a little bit gaming the system because then you're probably going to be in the same hub if you're in the same geographic area. And then you, oh, got, you have yeah. two beers at 12. Don't do that, guys. Don't. <laughs> Come make, on. Don't game the system. Make it fun. Don't, yeah, don't do that. You do that. Break it apart and then see who's got better chops. Right. Well, you see, yeah, who, who made that beer better? I mean, the, I, the question is, like, yeah, do we end up uh, do we end up reviewing each other's beers? And and I just rank Aaron's a zero because why would you rank me a zero? <laughs> this is bullshit. I, I'm not saying I would I would rank it objectively because I'm not a very competitive person by default. But I'm saying like if you're if you're actually competing with someone, let's let's put it this way. We, because all your scoring gets submitted online. Yeah. We do have people that are more technologically savvy than I am, and we can see where things are coming from, what IP addresses, and we can we can smell collusion usually a mile away. It's happened before. We'll see it again. I'm Interesting. Sure. <laughs> right. Okay, that's both horrifying and amazing to know that you're aware that that's happening. Yeah, don't collude. That's fucking dumb. It's not in the spirit <laughs> of the challenge. Don't well, just don't fucking do it. Like, yeah. if you want to win, brew some fucking fantastic beer. I don't know. I didn't mean to get all angry on the show. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like, if you want a hollow victory, fine. Good for you. Good for you. But <laughs> yeah. if you want to like, earn it, then, dude, don't don't be an idiot. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. There, there's other competitions where you can just pay money and they'll give you a trophy and you don't have to cheat. Like, <laughs> like there's other competitions where I can brew. Remember, you know, in, in normal BJCP competitions, you can only have one beer of each style right, you know, right. per entrant. Yeah, I can be like, yeah, my wife brewed this, my brother brewed this, my cousin brewed this. We're all different people, but I brewed the same beer five times. Right. Yeah. You know, on paper, and there's no way for them to prove that. That's one thing. But if we have IP addresses to track where you're submitting your results from, that's another. Right. So. 
Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think this this competition is is pretty fantastic. I encourage all of our of our listeners to. Uh, not only uh, enter it this year, uh, you can find out uh, entry details in the shows. Uh, they're not taking uh, applications yet, but they will be soon. Yeah. Uh, when will yep. that window open up? Uh, we are looking, I believe it's at the end of June. I'm pulling up the website right now. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, uh, let's see here. Registration opens in June and closes Saturday, August 2nd at midnight. All right, fantastic. That's when registration closes. Is that when the beers have to be submitted to the hub? No, it's when registration closes. Okay. Right. Yeah, we have the, the whole timeline of uh, of the, you know, when the first round and second round is uh, on our website, and that's uh, sjpoorchallenge.org. So I, I have one, we're, we're coming up on time for a break, but I have one, I have one kind of quick, like... We're, we're coming up on time uh, for Aaron's bladder to be full. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> uh, I, I have kind of like a, just a, a nerdy a, a nerdy question, like, I, really just a, a statement of admiration for the SJ Poor Challenge. Like, you, this is kind of a grassroots effort. Um, th- this is kind of a logistics challenge, uh, and I, I, I kind of admire. Like, this is a grassroots effort. Can you talk about how challenging it is to kind of take the submissions and then create a plan that's it, to have a nationwide competition that you're using U.S. Post and all that jazz? Yeah, uh, it is very grassroots, and and it takes a lot of uh, our our spare free time away from us. We all work, you know, Monday to Friday jobs or what have you, five days a week, six days a week we work, and so this is all done in our spare time. But luckily, we've laid the groundwork over the last you know handful of years mm. uh, getting those logistics pretty dialed in and 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 you know what was it was really really tough when we did it on an international scale sure because a lot of the work was unfortunately a lot of work was being done by us here in the US uh, we lost a few key figureheads you know internationally uh, to to helping us organize and those a couple of those guys were crucial in helping us do that internationally so getting right. back to your question though um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work, but we know how to do it. We, you know, we've done it before we split the U S up. Basically we just pull up a map and split it into three, four quadrants, whatever we need. And, uh, the shipping isn't actually that hard. We have a great, you know, how to pack your beer shipping video Sure. Uh, for you. Know, so, so it's like, it's, it's, it's a fail safe video. Just like, here's how you wrap your beer. Yeah. <laughs> we, I had one guy send me a beer. No, no bubble wrap, just packing peanuts, threw it in, slapped barely some tape on it and it made it to me safe somehow. But, uh, don't, <laughs> Yeah, bottles, please no. Bottles, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So no, yeah. no cans in the SJ Board Challenge. By the way, if you're canning your homebrew, uh, we've got a couple of brew tubers that have bought some canning machines, man. Oh, right. I tell you cans what. are accepted, by the way. It's lighter on the shipping weight. Can- uh, cans are accepted. Oh yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, cans are accepted. PET plastic bottles are accepted. We just don't, and and all the accepted you know sizes are on our website. No bombers. Okay, we try to keep them down in the twelve yeah. ounce range. Uh, but plastic bottles are fine too. Okay, yeah, perfect. So, uh, any way you want to package your beer, uh, you don't have to use the black, the, the only the black tops on the brown bottles for the SJ Pour Challenge. That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have a little more fun. We'll talk uh, to you a little bit more about, uh, um, in addition to brew tubing, uh, the other reasons why why you brew. Jason will ask us off the wall question, and we'll play tap untapped after the break. Welcome back to Plato's Gravity. I want to bring our listeners. This is Jason. In today. Jason, that's not what we do here. <laughs> anyway, I want to bring I want to bring our listeners uh, in on some conversation we were having on the break um, with with Josh, uh, and we we started having this conversation. We just stopped and decided to to come back. Um, and and uh, and we'd love to have our listener feedback. So if you have an answer for this question, or if you think Josh or Jason or myself get the answer terribly wrong, we would love for you to email us at podcast at platosgravity.com or reach out to us on the social media platforms, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and maybe Facebook, but mostly Twitter and Instagram at Plato's Gravity. Um, so Josh, in 10 years, will New England IPA or East Coast IPA, the haze craze, will it be a thing? I think it probably will. I think before the haze craze really hit, well, I mean, the, the only one that I knew of that New England Northeast style mm. was Hetty Tucker. And how long was that out before it really took right. off? Yeah, yeah, I mean, a fair amount of time. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Jason posed the question, and I think it's an interesting question. I, I think what's a what what's a. I, I think the question for me is: Is hazy IPA in ten years? Um, what it is today what it is today like is it you know are are there breweries who are sustaining themselves with with almost exclusively hazy ipas 
Um, or is it like a one-off thing that brewers do in homage to this time of this period in beer history or, or what is that? That is that like that is an interesting question because uh, so many times you'll go to a smaller brewery and you'll get a, a style that is historically significant that is sort of regional or you've never heard of. Um, yeah, like you might get a steam beer or something well, like that. Well, but in like California, you probably drink yeah, a fair yeah, amount yeah. of steam beer. I mean, yeah. you, you get to, you get your your California Commons. We're not allowed. To call them steam beers, sir. Shut up. Uh, but but more more so, you'll get like um, a regional beer out of uh, Belgium, right? Sure. Something you don't necessarily see that often, um, and they'll do an homage to that. It's weird to think that like, it's it's like how people do '90s parties now, right? It's it's hard for me to imagine that it's been so long since the '90s that the '90s are cool because like I came of age. Well, hold on. No, when do you come of age? How old do you have to be? Uh, you have a bar mitzvah. That's n- I <laughs> I don't. Uh, many people do. Uh, I think I did not, but that's fine. I already. It, where the fuck was I going with this? I don't know, but I, I, here's what I think. Like, let, let's I'm too. I uh, 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 '90s parties. It hasn't been long enough, but there are already people that are nostalgic for it in a way that they didn't live through it, but they still kind of love it for what it is. Is this sort of how like like my that's on like a retro thing, like a hipster thing? Yeah. Well, Jason is like the ultimate hipster. So eat shit, and also. <laughs> I am a band you've never even heard of. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I, I wonder. I wonder if, like, uh, ten years from now, the the haze craze is like uh, a hipstery beer, where it's like. I don't think so. I, I think the the real question is what is the what does the haze craze do to other beer styles that are common now? Um, I I think that the haze craze brings in a beer drinker that wasn't drinking beer before it, and I think that's really good for the beer industry. And what I I, I kind of think that it's going to bring people into beer, and it's gonna it's it's gonna like those hazy beer drinkers are gonna be just like the rest of us. Some of us started <laughs> loving IPAs. Some of us started loving lagers. Some of us started loving. Um, amber beer, and then we start drinking beer, we love beer, and then we just start drinking all kinds of beer. I think it's going to be good for the beer industry in that way, but I think other people think, no, it's it's it's, it's going to be kind of, it's so different that those beers are going to stay, those those beer drinkers are going to stay those beer drinkers. Uh, Josh, you have any thoughts about it? I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think you know, you guys both have some good points on that. I think that the breweries that have nine out of ten beers on their, their beer menu at their tap room be yeah. hazy beers, and then they have like one Pilsner, right. you know, like I think they're going to have to branch out a little bit eventually because that's not I, that's not sustainable in my opinion. Um, I used to go too. to a, a place and just it would be every you know before the haze craze it was just nine out of ten were IPAs and now they've yeah. switched it up to haze beers and now they've got one regular IPA. But it's like throw some you know some, a lot of people out here are doing their Mexican lagers now. Oh. For, I am really excited about the resurgence of the lagers, Mexican and all others. Uh, yeah. Especially the German lagers that are a little hoppy. Come on, give me some. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I, I don't know, I, I think uh, that, you know, you know, variation is spice of life is, is, is sort of, is that the phrase? Yeah, yeah. Is that wrong? it is now. <laughs> Live the spicy life. That, that's that's going to be, that's what I look for. I don't want to go to a place where that's just nine out of ten beers or a hazy beer. That's right. just me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I, I think that's fair, and I think those places will have will have their day, and I think that's that's what's in, I think more interesting than will hazy beers be around? I think they will. Is will those breweries be around it without without changing? Oh well, uh, yeah, if they change, I think yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I, I would trust that those people can can watch the trends in the market and kind of kind of figure that yeah. out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see to see what's next. Uh, the uh, I, I think. Um, I saw we were at the we were, I was at the grocery store the other day with my wife and I don't think this is next but it is notable. I saw Jason you were talking about the thirty pack of, of hams. I saw a thirty yeah. pack of natural ice beer, which God. isn't anything special. But no, it's but not as good as hams. Don't don't you just you wait, Henry Higgins. Just you wait. Um, <laughs> not I can't believe we just had a My Fair Lady reference on the podcast. <laughs> wow, sorry sorry guys. Um, showing my showing my affinities for musicals. It's weird. Um, <laughs> Uh, all right. So, hey, I dig it. Don't don't shut up. That's no, fine. Um, it was a watermelon and strawberry flavored natural ice thirty pack for like eleven dollars. Bingo on the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I'm yeah. like, what? I mean, you know what? On the one hand, I'm like a repulse by the idea that natural ice is putting fruit in their beer. And on the other hand, I'm like, you know what? Go get it. Go get it. Natural ice. Get yeah. people to drink this, this I, shit you know, beer. What? 
like what's going on right now is uh well first of all i i, I didn't latch on to the whole brood ipa thing but i it's it's trending in the direction of uh, a more finished gravity beer is going to have uh less residual sugars left which sure. is theory less residual carbs and dogfish head is actually latching onto that a bit first with their um the uh the black lime and sea salt uh right damn i can't remember the name of it now super low carb but super flavorful low uh calorie low carb uh low alcohol too beer uh and then they're going to come out with the uh the, the mighty or a little mighty ipa right Do you guys know what i'm talking about no, i haven't heard of this no. okay so they're coming out with like basically it's a four four and a half percent ipa uh under five grams of carbs, like, you know, everything that big beer is trying to do, but it's going to be a super flavorful IPA. It's going to pack the punch of a regular IPA flavor. Um, I like where that trend is going. I'd love to see if that actually catches on. Well, and I, I think for beer nerds and for people who brew beer, mm-hmm. you'll know that that is very much more difficult to do than throwing, than making a juicy eye. And I, I think there's, there's, I don't mean to say that making a hazy IPA inquires, it involves a lot of balance and there's a lot of different things that go on and you have to watch. But I think uh, making a small beer that has flavor is very difficult. A, a lower carb beer has less overall is, is more water and less particulate in the beer. It has to be because it has to be something going in your body that your job is to act stupid. No, well, but but well, <laughs> I'm so sorry that I'm stepping out of character. But they, there is overall, there can be less things that are not water in that. So you have less things floating there to have flavor right. overall in the solution. So that you you have you gotta you gotta. So whatever it. you have in there has to be the most flavor you can pack into molecules into compounds i mean you're really going over the top on this out of character thing right now i i'm just uh i'm 100 on board with the idea of being able to do that so so uh so long as i do research on it i'm gonna go look it up and then not talk about it on the show or make small beers yeah (laughs) so uh i want to i want to switch gears um a a, a little bit and i want to touch on kind of one more aspect back of of the 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 brew tubing that, that you do um, were you into video editing or did you edit video before you did this? Or is this a skill that you've acquired through the practice of brew tubing? Um, I had some minimal skill. Well, some more than the average windows movie maker person. Oh, sure. Uh, but sure. so much doing like Adobe final cut, you know, not, I'm not, wasn't that advanced. Uh-uh. Uh, I had some skills. Okay. So I grew up in the days of CKY and Jackass uh-huh. and my friends and I, we all wanted to make our own video like that. And actually I have that video on my YouTube channel. You can check that too. Check uh, out the Jackass esque video. <laughs> it's a 45 minute video that we put together when we were 16, 17 years old. So uh, yeah, 45 minute video, there's a lot of hours of footage to learn how to edit. So we learned, uh, using a program called pinnacle studio. Okay. okay. Uh, and so I still use pinnacle today. Uh, so yeah, there was some experience there in, in editing now, as far as, you know, doing the brew tubing thing like uh no that was just you learn that as you go it's a little uh you know it's a little awkward at first talking to yourself to a camera uh, <laughs> right uh, yeah but you grow into it yeah i uh i i think when we started the the, the podcast the first couple episodes we were lucky we had some really great guests that kind of helped us land the plane and not sound yeah. super awkward on the first <laughs> couple episodes but it was it was it was different it was different uh yeah oh, and uh, honestly Aaron uh who had never done audio editing before no I uh I for it, the sake of beer stepped up and learned how to edit audio yeah yeah <laughs> I I'm on the I, I'm tweaking the crossfaders and everything it's uh it's, yeah. it's good yeah. that's um, <laughs> that's not an, another one of those sexual references so um. <laughs> Here's what I want to do. Uh, I want Jason at this point in time, although I don't think he's prepared, to ask the off the wall question. Uh, sure. Okay. Um, are you ready for this? <laughs> I don't think I could ever be ready, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, I want to put you in uh, the correct mind space. So imagine you're on a boat, right? It's in the not the ocean. It's in an ocean it's not a real ocean it's an ocean that we can make metaphors about right and the boat in fact is not really a boat nor is it uh theseus the boat of theseus or achilles the the it's not theseus's boat it's just a boat it's a metaphor look at me and ask me a question with your eyes about greek mythology sure we know you know this better than it's a boat it's a boat that we can make a metaphor about right so it's a metaphorical boat on a metaphorical ocean is it you know the old saying, uh, it's uh, it, it's not the size of the boat, it's the motion in the ocean? Yeah. 
what if what if the boat is of infinite size and the ocean is completely still? Was that the question? <laughs> yes, that is the question. What if the boat was of infinite size, but the, the ocean, ocean is completely still? still. So it's not the size of the boat; it's the motion in the ocean. Is this? A, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> I, I think I think it's a physics question. Okay, it's more it's more it's more a math question. It's a physics question. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yes. Well, okay. Tech. Okay. Hold I mean, are on. we are we going with the metaphor here? Like, are this, we going? Are, no. The the fact that it was a metaphor was the fact that you can't have an infinite sized boat. So we have to be like theoretical here. A theoretically infinite sized boat. It's an infinite sized boat, and the the ocean is still. And I I actually came up with an answer in my own head, but it's not the point of the segment. You guys. <laughs> if, if the boat is of infinite size, wouldn't it displace all of the ocean water, and you're not no longer in the ocean? Ooh, that is the same answer I came up with. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> there is no ocean, so yeah. nothing matters anyway. Well, I nailed it. <laughs> I mean, he crushed it. What I want to know is: is are, are we are we then assuming like are we are we drawing the conclusion that you cannot have two things of infinite size in in one universe? Uh, well, okay, you can have an infinite number of infinite size things in an infinite universe because infinity times infinity is. Right. So yeah. why can't you have an infinite boat inside? I of came an up with a really good river. band name the other day. Speaking of <laughs> stupid numbers that yeah. don't make sense, negative zero. Negative zero is a good band name. That boot that would have been like real good during the like. Uh, That's also a really good name for a brood IPA. We were just talking about brood IPAs. Negative zero. <laughs> yeah, negative. I mean, especially if it finishes at like you know, negative degrees Plato. <laughs> That's, well, and you can't say Sub Zero because then people think you're talking about Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that's right. I oh, by the I, way, Sub Zero is the only Mortal Kombat player to play with, right? Just like back, back, ABC, uh, and then you're good. Like I, it's, it's just, I, I gave I, the Sega Genesis one, and no one played it on Sega Genesis. Oh, hold on. What happens when you hit back, back? A, a, he goes and he shoots like he shoots, uh, he shoots ice at you and you okay. freeze. Okay, all right. I just want to make sure that if, yeah, uh, you know, I sometimes. Sometimes you don't get pop culture references, and this time you nailed it. I wanted to make sure you weren't. Am I off the wall question here? Because we were talking about little cheat codes on your controllers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you uh, off the wall question from Josh. This is my favorite thing, by the way. When guests uh, insist on asking a reverse off the wall question, <laughs> go ahead. The Josh's off the wall question. Name this game based on the cheat code on your controller. Okay. okay. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. B A select start. Um, I, I got it. It is NBA Jam. No, 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 It's gonna be. That's not the right name of the game. It's, it's, it's. Uh, I, I have, I have an answer and the answer and every answer. It is the Konami code. Konami code or what game? Contra. That's right. And what, what mode does it put you in? I don't. I've never played Contra, but I am such a fucking nerd that I know <laughs> what the Konami code is without ever having used it. But interestingly enough. You guys are making the show. It's really difficult. No, this is this <laughs> you guys is are assholes. This is actually an interesting thing. Is uh, I sort of learned a pseudo. There's a variation on the Konami code for Mortal Kombat Three that you can use on the Super Nintendo. So it's sort of up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, and then there are like variations, variations in there after that that to like do other things. So this, like so this a, is basically God mode on Contra, Infinite Ammo, Infinite Life. Which uh, is I was really hoping that you went with left, right, A, B, B, A, which NBA Jam would have been the correct answer for. That's Wait, the only one I do? know. Uh, it puts you. It, you're just in fire for the whole game. Oh, A, B, B, A. Also, in Akari Warriors, will revive you on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Boy, yeah. this is really. Uh, let's uh, let's go back <laughs> from the off the wall scenario. Um, if you if you want to share with us your favorite uh, video game cheat codes, we'd love to hear from you. If you give us. A game genie or pro action replay code. So help me God, I will not care. I but guess. we will. But, <laughs> but regardless, we will move on to Tap Untapped. So, um, uh, Josh, you haven't played Tap Untapped. Uh, it's a game where I'm going to read you three uh, reviews from Untapped. I'm going to give you as much information from the review as I can without revealing the brewery of the beer. Um, I, I I have been on a kick of going regionally, like picking a beer close to you. But okay. I didn't. I didn't do that uh, with you. No, you did. This uh, is not. Uh, this is not super far. Yeah. Well, I didn't do it intentionally. So oh. what I did though is I picked a beer that you should know the answer to. I. I think you're gonna get this. Okay. Okay. I might have accidentally given you a hint. You could have. You could have. So uh, we're gonna go. We got. We got a, an interesting order here. So um, 
We have a, a an un, uh, Eric W is drinking this beer. Hello, Eric. Uh, Eric, he's drinking it uh, at E Dub's Beer Lanai. I don't know where that's at. E Dub's Beer what? L A N A I. That's not a word. E Dub's Beer Lanai. It might be just like his friend's house. That's probably at someone's house. Yeah, he's drinking it at someone's house. Good yeah, for him. they call their house a Lanai. I don't know what a Lanai is. It's a uh, Hawaiian for like your deck or balcony. Oh, oh, yeah. There you go. How about that? So, so he says, been a while. Now in cans. Winky face emoji. Uh, not as great as I remember. So uh, Eric W is not impressed. He is drinking from a can. He earned he earned the for the can level sixty seven badge. So Eric drinks a fair amount of beer, and he drinks it out of cans. He drinks it out of cans. Yeah, it's a good choice. Uh, Clay A is drinking the beer, and we don't know where he drank. He did not tell us. He earned a middle of the road uh, level two badge. Uh, I learned in the last show that middle of the road badge uh, pertains to the uh, alcohol content, yeah. ABV. Yeah, okay. Um, so not a bad, not bad for a shower beer, says Clay A. So he's not really giving you uh, Clay A is kind of well. Hold on, Aaron, are you familiar with the concept of a shower beer? I, I am a concept of a shower beer, but I mean, that wasn't English. More words. I, I do know what a shower beer is. Okay, I, I would not pick this beer for a shower beer though, so I kind of disagree with Clay. I also wouldn't. That's so weird for this. So I get a beer style in this game. Uh, if you if you don't get it, we'll give you additional hints. Uh, okay, but not not at first. Not at first. Okay. Um, yeah, I wouldn't pick this for a shower beer. So uh, that's a so you got you got kind of a bonus clue there. Clay A says not bad for a shower beer, and we know that Clay A picks different shower beers than do I. I won't say he picks bad shower beers. He just we and I. He no, and I he disagree. he wants to drink better beers in the shower. I don't. He need definitely is drinking better beers in the shower than I'm on. <laughs> uh, okay, and then Shadrach. I think Shadrach is where Shadrach's really going to help you out. I think Shadrach B doesn't give his last name, but he does say uh, that it is uh, apricot and earthy hop spice, resinous and dank floral finish. Hmm. Minute. So. Uh. So Shadrach, Shadrach gives you more information than anybody else, except he doesn't tell you where he drank it. He did all all of our all of our reviewers drank it out of a can, uh, and and I will tell you this is not a small brewery. No, okay. this is not a small brewery. Well, I was gonna at first until I remembered the can thing. I was at first gonna guess Pliny because a lot of people have it the first time and then they have it again and it wasn't as good as they. Can were you right. imagine drinking Pliny the Elder in the shower? <laughs> like what a well, that's also what threw me off, and it's only in bottles. So. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Oh what? <laughs> what? I have not been living correctly. What disrespect? We're like, what are you drinking? Not in the shower. If Pliny the Elder is your shower beer, I was doing beer reviews with my uncle and was drinking Pliny as a rinser, palate cleanser between beers. So, oh, kind of <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe this guy. Uh, maybe you guys are on the same page. Yeah, baller. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow, you guys got me. So, here. so it's been a while. Not in cans. That there's a hint there. Uh, been, you know, it's, it's not something that's uh, it's not a new brand. Been a while, not yeah. in cans or now in cans, not as now great as I remember. Um, yeah, it is a. Uh, if, if you say you're stumped, I'll give you the style, and that's it. That's all you're gonna get. It's a double IPA. Not a bad shower beer. Fuck you, Clay. A. That's Clay Aiken. <laughs> Clay Aiken is drinking this in the shower. I mean, it's fine for him to drink it in the shower. And yeah, apricot no, and earthy hop spice. It's oh my gosh, I. Guys, I'm stumped. I have right. no clue. All right, I'll give you the brewery. It's Sierra Nevada. Okay. Now in cans. So which Sierra Nevada? Now in cans. Yeah, apricot partner. and earthy hop spice, resinous and dank floral finish. What do they got? Uh, oh man. Uh, well, they don't have celebration in cans. They don't. They, they've got regular pale ale. I don't know about torpedo in cans. Uh, mm. I don't think so. I will celebration. Yeah. I think would have been a one would have been a, a reasonable guess, but it's not celebration. This, this. Yeah, it, the hazy little mm. thing has always been in cans. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh man, there <laughs> is. I can give you one other. This hint. is really a loaded question, honestly. It, it's a it's a loaded question because Aaron uh, knows for a fact you know what this beer is. Oh jeez, um, it was my list, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I sent over the list for Hot Bullet. Yeah, Hot, hot bullet. bullet. It's Hot Bullet. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that was in bottles before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's kind of a little trick question. Turns know. out, not a bad shower. Beer. And, you know what? And, and to be honest, it it might it doesn't necessarily have to have been in bottles before. That's just what one person thinks it was. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, it's just before, I guess. Yeah, I mean, un- the untapped guy may or may not know. 
uh, whether or not it was. I mean, Eric W. might misremember drinking a hot bullet out of a bottle. That's true. That's true. Wow, that's tricky. It's that's a, a tricky it, game. It's a, it's a tough little game, but it's a, it's a fun game. It usually provides for some good conversation. Thanks yeah. for being a, a good sport. And, and I think along. I think this game has illustrated, uh, although we do focus on untapped reviews, um, it, this illustrates in terms of untapped, Yelp, anything where you're, you're reviewing something that's slightly ephemeral. You never have the historical context. You're always reviewing on the one experience you've had. Right. And yeah. always take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah. Well, and I mean, why are you drinking that in the shower? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that, that's the better question. Would you drink a hot bullet in the shower? Absolutely. Okay, I mean, it's great. I mean, it, oh, I mean, what, I feel what, like I would need beer in the shower. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, mean, that's like that's a beer fine. in the shower versus and I. Okay, I will give the caveat. I feel like I, mean, I should <laughs> announce this. I don't normally drink a beer in the shower. I don't remember. I just it's been years since. It, I mean, that has never happened. I mean, I. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't drink beers in the shower anymore. Uh, when I did drink beers in the shower, it was like Coors Light. Yeah, it was like a, sh- a shit beer. Uh, it was like a, a throwaway beer. Yeah, like well, I'm going to... I had the spins and I needed to calm down, but I still had <laughs> have my beer with me. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I mean, like for me, like a shower beer, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong because I don't always get the cultural references, but for me, a shower beer is like... a pre, like the, the connotation there is, hey, we're pre-gaming, right? Like... Like oh no, it's I'm getting alcoholism. Ready to, sir. I'm re- I'm g- <laughs> alcoholism. <laughs> like I'm getting ready to go out, so I'm gonna have this beer in the shower while I'm getting ready to go out, and then I'm gonna you don't have time at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I don't want to show up to the bar completely stone cold sober because that's expensive. Because if then I want- they'll serve you out li- alcohol that will get you where you're intending to go. It, it's tense. It's like expensive. That's okay. Oh yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, if you're talking about money, then sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you pre- that's what the point of pregame, right? Is I, that you don't spend as much money at the bar, right? Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. I will. I will say. I will say. Shower beers are more staple of me and and I know listeners at home. You won't believe this. They let me go to college, and it was more a staple of me <laughs> in college uh, than it has been a me post college. Although I won't no. say that I've never had it. Uh, a beer within uh, ten minute uh, margin of error, ten minutes around a shower. I'm like honestly, like at this point in my life, I'm just too much of a beer snob to drink a beer in the shower. Like I don't want. He would have to carry a glass in there. I would need a glass, <laughs> and the I wouldn't want the shower heat warming my beer up too quickly. I. Yeah. <laughs> I and mean, it's fragrant. Smells like your body wash while you're drinking. I, it. Yeah, like, I can't. I can't. This is. <laughs> you know what? If you were gonna make a beer. Like, 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 is there a, is there a hop that, that says body wash to you? Like, <laughs> like if you could make a shower beer, then... I think you need to make like a Mexican lager and like call it Irish spring or something. Oh, <laughs> That's amazing. That has, someone has to put hop. Someone has had to have put hops in a body wash by now. That has to exist. I, oh, I, yeah, I almost guarantee it. I've got a, a beard shampoo, and it's called, like, Beard and Brew or something like that. They use yeast in there. I don't know how it all works. Well, I mean, but uh, I what, what was the brewery? It was Rogue, I think. Rogue made a, a, a oh, beer with, with yeast from their their brewer's beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was Rogue, definitely. I forget the, the guy. The guy's name is John, one of their head brewers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I was sad. Somebody bought me that beer, and I like it broke in transit, and I was super sad about it because I was absolutely going to drink it. Everyone was like, "Oh, that's gross," and I'm like, "It's yeast. Like this is every yeast is like. I mean, not every. uh, Would you want me to get the yeast from a stale piece of fruit, or do you want me to get it from a dude's beer? Like, what the what the hell does it matter? At at a a certain point, you're drinking spoiled water. Yeah, someone took water and they they ruined it, and now you're drinking it. And by ruined it, I mean like they did everything that you're not supposed to do, and it turned out amazing. <laughs> so, um, so uh, we want to. We're coming up on time. I want to give you one one last chance to just uh, give a give a shout out to the SJ Poor Challenge and, and what you guys are doing. Uh, and again, we'll put most of the information that you have on how to join and uh, how to participate in the shows. Uh, but I uh, give you a chance to to pump it up real quick. Yeah, for sure. So it's uh, uh it's a great entry point for uh, especially for newcomers. We're making it uh, a little bit different this year. The first round is going to be kind of a buy round for the uh, past all stars, past winners, so that the mm. new people coming in. Um, have a little bit better of a chance to advance. Um, it is peer judged and peer run. Uh, we're not as stringent or strict as uh, you know a BJCP style competition. That's uh, a really good chance for you to get your feet wet if you want to move in that direction. Uh, but get really valuable feedback from fellow people who brew as well. Uh, there is an entry fee; it's thirty-five dollars, but that helps cover your shipping uh, back to you. Mm. Sure. Uh, you go round by round. I mean, it helps if you if you keep advancing that. That money helps fund, you know, shipping back to you. You just got to ship it out to your hub. Um, but it's it's valuable feedback on, on your brewing process. And if you do it enough times, year after year, like I have and others have, 
um, it really, I've seen a difference in my homebrewing uh, skill over the years doing it. Absolutely. So really, really good opportunity to get in and just get some really valuable feedback. Yeah, well, Josh, I want to uh, thank you a ton for coming on the show. We had a really good time uh, chatting with you uh, about the, the challenge, but also just about beer and homebrewing. Uh, we hope our listeners enjoyed the show as well. If you want to reach out to Josh or find out more about the SJ Pork Challenge, you can find all of the information that you will need for that in the shows. Um, if you want to uh, tell us how wrong we were about uh, the future of the hazy beers, you can uh, reach out to us at Plato's Gravity on Instagram or Twitter uh, or Untapped if you want. We don't really read that that often. GitHub.com. You can also nothing on GitHub. <laughs> we can also uh, you can also email us at podcast at Plato's Gravity. Dot com. We also want to remind our listeners that we're really excited uh, to, MySpace. Have, to have John Blickman uh, uh, come on the show uh, in a couple in the next episode. So, uh, John Blickman is uh, the next Blickman episode. Is, yeah, it's going to be the next episode. Okay. We haven't recorded it yet, but it's going to happen. So, John Blickman's going to come on the show. We're going to record that at Crazy and Brewing. Uh, so uh, we're going to try to get John to tell some fun stories about his uh, entry into the, the beer industry. We're going to get him drunk, and I might marry him. Uh, <laughs> Are you going to arm wrestle them? Maybe. I don't I, know. Is I that how know. you marry people? You're married. Is that how that works? Oh, I have never arm wrestled my life. That's okay. Definitely. All right. Well, then we'll see. Okay. We'll see what happens. So uh, th- thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. Uh, thanks, Josh. Uh, we will see you guys all next time. In the meantime, join the SJ4 Challenge, brew some beer, and uh, have some fun.